Welcome to the Alien Pro Podcast. It's July 9th. I'm Doug. Joined with me today is Dr. Bill. Bill, what's happening? What's new in the world? I forgot who I was, but hey, what's happening? Nothing. Nothing is new. Nothing is well. We talked about like we've been talking for forty five minutes. Have we? Um, oh, right. <laughs> right. Perfect. It was almost over. Yeah. Um, the uh, well, we talked about shootings and we talked about yeah, guns. We're talking about that. <laughs> we didn't talk about Ukraine. Nobody's talking about Ukraine anymore. Yeah, what is it still going on? I don't know. It's not in the news anymore. I think they won. I think who, who so, won? Who I'm won? not sure. I haven't been able to keep track. We talked about Joe Biden's, yeah. you know, speech. He's <laughs> reading, reading the, the directions <laughs> on the teleprompter. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Oh, man. It Proud just, to be American. It's a comedy show. It's a giant comedy show. Yeah. Um, no, well, I was gone because of COVID. COVID. Yeah, you were absent. Absent. <laughs> yeah. You got to, you were on leave. On leave. On Did COVID. you quarantine? Did you quarantine, Bill? Uh, sort of. I, I still had to go out and do things, but I made made sure that I didn't wear a mask. So, <laughs> um, did you go in the gun store without your mask on while no, having COVID? No, no. <laughs> yes, if, if we mentioned. I uh, there's a gun store down the street from me, and I went down there because uh, I hadn't driven the car for like a week. Yes, I pretty much quarantined. I stayed home for a week. I didn't go out, and uh, hadn't driven the car for a week. So I ran down the road. There's a gun store like five or five miles away so i ran down there and popped in to look around and i was and i was just telling doug that the modern gun stores look like a, a armory from aliens the movie it's like <laughs> it's like solid walls of black guns and all the handguns look like um you know the space space age handguns it's like a 23rd century armory so it's i guess the days where you'd walk into a gun store and look at a a a nice shotgun or a rifle with a beautiful stock and you know precision machining for the bolt and all that stuff. I don't know if that's true anymore. Although I I went into a um interestingly enough when I was in Italy a few years ago, I went into a little gun store across the street from a restaurant and had a really nice uh, conversation with the owner. But they were selling um sort of higher end stuff. And um uh, big giant guy came in um to buy a knife <laughs> oh really yeah. oh that's nice yeah he was very nice he was huge though i mean he was like six God, what would he be probably six five he had to be at least he was at least 250 pounds he's, he's probably more than that um and he was buying a some sort of knife or something from the guy and i, mm, I, I talked fun. with him yeah it was nice he'd actually he'd actually been to florida and uh so we chatted a little bit but yeah it was a nice it's a nice little store but it's like an old-fashioned traditional gun store and, and not the modern american gun store where you walk in there and it's a wall of black guns ready for the uh, 23rd century marine platoon to arm up well they got their spot to find them yeah hey i got it i have to covid hang on Not that I, I normally cough, but yeah, so good stuff. Good fun. Good fun. Um, yeah, good news. Good news in the world. 
Uh, you got big a old, you got big that. Bigelow. Let's start with the Bigelow. Well, actually, I, I want to. Where do you want to start? You sent me Go. a comment from somebody that said uh, was from Brazil, and it said reptilian in it and stuff. I didn't translate it. Yeah, he said he was a hybrid. Oh, a hybrid. And basically, okay. it was a hybrid. You know, li- lizard, reptilian okay. being. It just and just, it was interesting as a comment. I mean, just saying was, hello. Yeah, just saying hi. You know cool. that I'm a. I'm a reptilian from Brazil, and I enjoy the show. Good. So uh, I didn't reach out. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad someone's reaching out. So. I didn't. I yeah. Cool. I may at some point because um, cool. you can. Luckily, you can translate pretty easily these days. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, just put on your translator. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was fun. I'm thank you, YouTube watchers and listeners. Appreciate yep. it. Yep. Sorry about last week's YouTube. I, in case you were hypnotized by the, <laughs> that was from my MP4 converter. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. So, yeah, good job. Was hypnotized? Did you get the subliminal message that was inside? No, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> so, I, if there was one. Um. So yeah, let's go. Uh, we watched two hours of uh interview really good interview with bigelow robert is it robert bigelow yes, bob bigelow bob bob bigelow and he was interviewed by george knapp who's a great great reporter and um yeah he t- so what'd you think of it i thought it was interesting it was interesting i like the lazar connection and you know he didn't um he had some interesting comments about his. I, I didn't realize that he actually fired Lazar for putting using his. He set Lazar up in the lab in a warehouse, and then Lazar wasn't doing anything. Proceeded to store furniture in there. <laughs> I think Lazar mentions that in his book, and I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the details, but I think Lazar actually mentioned that. Well, he. Um, but he did say some positive things about. Bigelow did say some positive things about yeah. Lazar, which I thought was interesting. Said he tried to uh, entice him with money and, and trip him up, and it didn't. And it didn't happen. Lazar was not definitely was not interested in in making any money off of him. And he, what what would you say his level of Bigelow's level of believability for Lazaro? He said it was fifty fifty. Well, he said no. Well, what he said was, if you're gambling against him, you're going to lose against okay. his All right. validity. You're going to lose. He's yeah. not fifty-fifty. He so believes it's, it's that higher, the story's true. It's higher than that. So yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's he's a believer, and uh, he didn't like. He didn't actually come out and say it like that. He said, if you're a gan, it's weird because he dances around. Bigelow dances around a lot of uh topics when he starts talking about Skinwalker, and you know, and he's and it's he talks a lot about you know, um, life after death, you know, That's he's his... lost a lot of people. Yeah. His that son, was, that was... his son, his grandson, his wife, yeah. but he's old, he's a little older, but it's a little, it's not weird. I mean, it's probably typical, um, in cases, but, uh, but he's wondering what, and his dad, his dad died in a fiery plane crash. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, and uh, he's just when he was 18, first year of college, so that affected him, obviously. I mean, that, that's the same age my dad, I was 19 when my dad died. Yep, yep, and uh, yeah, it has, does have definitely has an effect on you, yeah, but it definitely. uh, um, 
the thing is, it's he, it, a lot of talk about life after death. I mean, that's part of his. What is his organization? He's got this organization now that he's. Heading I, up and I I don't know the name of the new organization. It's easy to find though. I've looked at the website. Yeah, and he's and he, he's got Elizabeth Keene who wrote that book on UFOs and has been in a lot of a lot of. Uh, she wrote the. She was one of the authors on that breakout article on UAPs, UFOs, in the New York New York Times years ago. And she's also doing stuff where she's pursuing life after death things. And he's she's involved with him from what I saw of the website, but I don't remember the name of the organization. He used to be involved with uh, NIDS, which is an organization he started called the National Institute of Discovery Science, and that was investigating UFOs and got involved in the Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, they were also doing uh, life after death stuff or psychic stuff, ESP stuff. And then uh, Nins, I think, sort of, um, he, he implied it, it fell apart. Not yeah. Really. Yeah. And I, I just, um, I, I well, have, yeah. The Skinwalker connection. I mean, he remember the DIA guy, he didn't mention him by name. He just kept saying that the government did really well by hiring this guy and they had a meeting in the manager's house at skinwalker of course it's all before our current skinwalker thing because this while bigelow still owned the property i believe yeah and uh the dia guy said i saw something when we were having this meeting and he wouldn't even tell him for a long time what oh, it was yeah. he saw yeah and it turned out it was an elevated uh cylindrical spinning something that was in the room I don't know if it's in the room. I th believe it was in the room, and it was not. I mean, it was elevated. It's you know, it was what, spinning in the air. And what know, I don't understand: weird. if you're sitting at somebody's dining room table across from somebody, and you're seeing something floating and spinning behind somebody, are you going to not say anything? I'm going to go. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and go. Oh, I. I I'm not going to, I'm, I think I'm just losing my mind and I'm not going to say anything to anybody because. Well, I think he was feeling like he, it's, it was a show just for him. So since he was who he was with the special, DIA, special. he may, I mean, if you were with the DIA and you see this happening and you know about the history of Skinwalker, you're thinking this is a show maybe just for me. Hmm. And if I say, Hey, does anybody else see that? And they turn around, they don't see anything. They're going to think you're nuts. That, so, that apparently you know, was a thing. That was a thing at Skinwalker Ranch is that they had people there that they would say, um, this is when Bigelow was doing the Skinwalker Ranch investigation. And that's, they had people there that would say they would see things and other people standing next to them wouldn't, wouldn't be able to see things. And um, I am not believing that. Well, that meant, I mean, I, you know, people, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I, I read, I just finished reading The Hunt for Skinwalker by Colm, Colm A. Kellerer, PhD, and uh, George Knapp. And there was also a documentary based on this book, which I've watched it like last year. Uh, and there was a lot of that. Once Bigelow came in, his people came in investigating the ranch, you would have people that would say, uh, they would see something, but other people wouldn't see something like standing next to them. And um, you can't you can't investigate anything under those conditions. 
Yeah, you have to collaborate. The you know any size like a UFO signing, another person has to see it in order for it to you, be. You need well, you know, you legitimized. Need, you need repro reproducibility. So yeah, basically, it's like if you see if you and I are standing next to each other and we see a UFO, we both need both need to be able to see it. Um, yeah. so um, so yeah, that was interesting. Uh, and that was with with um, Bigelow was with the guy at the ranch. And, um, but he, he also, he was, he's, you know, I just finished reading this book, The Hunt for Skinwalker, and Bigelow was saying that, um, they would, there was like pictures and all sorts of stuff that they would send him that would happen in almost like real time circumstances on the ranch. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure I understood exactly everything that he was alluding to, um, so he was managing the project like our our guy is now today with the new Skinwalker deal. He's managing offsite. Yeah, he's he's which makes it hard. Um, and one of the questions that 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 uh, comes up, they investigated, I think, for four or five years. Bigelow did, and um, I mean, I was reading this book, and there's a they ha actually have a statement in here. Um, he says, Nids, this is the, this is the chief scientist that, um, that was on the project for Bigelow at Skinwalker Ranch. And, um, you know, I, you go through and they talk about all the stuff and he, this is his, this is the concluding paragraph to their investigation. He goes, Nids participated in multiple expensive forays into the analysis of purported extraterrestrial artifacts and even alleged extra, extraterrestrial biological tissue. But without exception, the results of our analysis yielded only terrestrial signatures. In fairness, we should point out that many attempts, that the many attempts made in the past to analyze physical objects or artifacts said to come from UFOs yielded not a single piece of evidence of extraterrestrial origin either. All artifacts, pieces of metal, or other objects from purported anomalous origins have yielded uniformly terrestrial signatures after being subjected to metallurgic, chemical, physical, biological, other analysis. This includes the analysis of isotope ratios in metals from unusual sources, all of which yielded nothing but terrestrial signatures. To our knowledge, not a single piece of metal or artifact acquired in nearly 60 years of research has survived scrutiny and is still regarded as genuinely anomalous. And that's, you know, that's in the myth, that's at page 218 of this book. It's anomalous, but so it says, yet it says anomalous, yet it says terrestrial. I mean, is it terrestrial or do we know it's terrestrial or do we not know it's terrestrial well he you said all I mean? of all of which yielded nothing but terrestrial signatures and but then you you're making a good point because you're going to come up with what is a terrestrial signature and given that um given that uh you know, that yeah, everything I mean, in the, everything in the the universe is pr probably uniform uh, we're going to have the same number of elements and and things like that. So it's it's how do you you step step away from that terrestrial signature? So a good a good um, thing to to compare this to is Anamata Pia, the space 
yeah. balloon that's supposed to came through sail that um, the giant cigar shaped object yeah um, the signature from that um, is very unusual and so uh, avi leob is speculating that it, it was a light sail and the counter speculation was that it was a giant piece of um, frozen nitrogen oh so i mean and he's argued against that no i haven't finished reading his book or anything else following up on that so how do you um i mean you can always come up with um alternative analysis and interpretations but yeah but he's saying according to nins this might explain why um bigelow got out of the business of ufos is because i mean this was at the end of the whole uh skinwalker saga um and that was that they came up with zip Oh, we, we spend a great deal of time talking shit about Skinwalker. I was hoping you would be able to. I did read the book, but it was a long time yeah. ago. Well, but it's, I mean, did you find anything, any revelations that might get us to cling on to the Skinwalker Ranch saga? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the, in the book, the family is identified as uh, Gorman in real life. It's, you can look on Wikipedia. In real life, their name was Sherman. And this family bought this ranch, which had been sitting vacant since the um, original people um, purchased it from the state or whoever in 1932. And after the state had seized the property from the Native Americans. And they... Um, came in and said the previous owner said don't dig on the property since nice ranch nice ranch land there's three different older homestead oh, there's the homestead homestead that the gormans or the shermans lived at and then there's two older homesteads and they said that they sold their other ranch to come out here because they want a privacy because of our our um our nosy their nosy neighbors at their previous ranch and it's like why would you be worried about privacy what are you doing to those cows people that you need the your neighbors are worried so anyway they came out and they started their their ranch and uh the guy sherman mr sherman was saying he saw uh blue orbs flying around he saw orange orbs flying around he saw a uh floating Winnebago type thing with a white and a red light that would like float over fences and around. Saw that twice. Saw orbs multiple times. He saw a um, orange disc, which he was saying he could see sky, blue sky through it, which was, they're saying that's like a portal to another dimension. Now, Sherman had repeatability because when he was there and their family was there, this guy was saying that he would see these things over and over again. The, and they saw uh, giant dogs several times. The problem is, is that when Bigelow came in and Sherman was still running the ranch, the ranch, the ranch, the ranch, uh, all of, there was, they never saw anything that was repeat, repeatable. They saw no orbs. They saw no space Winnebago. They saw no, um, portal in the sky and uh, a couple interesting things is uh, because of these large dogs on the ranch the um, the guy's wife Sherman's wife went and complained to the uh, tribal council about the dogs and uh, uh, the tribal council is just like what are you talking about and she's like she's like I'm you know you're 
your Indian dogs or something are coming on my property and messing with my cows. And the tribal council is like, we don't know anything about that. I should point out that the um, Shermans lost 15 out of 60 cattle. All the cattle, except for the calf that was, you know, was butchered while the guy was wandering around the ranch, you know, during the day. All the cows that were, were killed and mutilated, they were killed and mutilated during thunderstorms at night, which is the best time. If you're going to be conducting mayhem, you know, in, yeah. the, in the boonies, a thunderstorm is the best time to do it. So yeah, I mean, nobody else is out. Yeah. You know, and, it, and you can't see, <laughs> you can't see more than 10 feet and you know, it's loud. It's, it's rain. It's like, so it's like the perfect time for the uh, space aliens or the, the pissed off native American neighbors to come in and mess with your crap. Um, but yeah, that really struck me in this book is that once Nids had come in, Bigelow had come in, there was no reproducibility on this stuff. And then when they first started doing research at the ranch, they just had Sherman there, the old owner who was still running the ranch. And he would just call him up and say, ah, I saw something strange. And then they like hop on Bigelow's jet and fly up there. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is a, this is like stuff so the this book is really light on specific details about um about their research oh and then they had a thing where they had cameras and uh the cameras were wires were ripped out in one of the cameras but the other camera didn't see anything um so yeah the space aliens came in and then they apparently they were also talking about they did like boxes with like sealed boxes plexiglass boxes with um things in it so the space aliens could come in and, and manipulate the objects in the plexiglass boxes. Bigelow said stuff had happened with those. The book, this book says nothing had happened with those. They put them out, but it was a negative result. Nothing happened. Um, the Shermans said that they would hear heavy machinery or metal equipment coming from under the earth. I mean, this is the, the whole secret base, base thing. Um, there's a marking up a bunch of stuff. I don't know um, if you remember when we were, we used to hang out at Lake Chabot by the Nike missile site and we'd hang out up there and you used to be able to hear equipment over, you know, there was a reservoir, standing out a reservoir. They were doing heavy equipment operations, I think over there. And you could hear, you could actually hear it. Yeah. You know, remember that you remember that we could actually, it's like, what's that sound coming from it under was the, the earth? They were working the, um, they were um reworking the spillway for the dam yeah so you could but it, you could hear it yeah. you could feel it and hear it you from could, miles away because it would um it would was transmitted into the the dam the rock which transmitted into the water and then the water would act as a, a reflective surface but yeah. yeah we i remember we hearing those noises we had to figure out what they were and going down to the dam and you could see the heavy equipment working reworking yeah. the new spillway um, yeah, it's but that was really bizarre. Yeah, it freaked us out. I know at first, like, what's that sound from under the earth? Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it wasn't it, anything cool. Yeah, but we were going to investigate it. <laughs> um, yeah, like like little Johnny Quest, we went into the Nike missile site. Yeah, yeah, investigated yeah. down yeah. there the abandoned. Yeah. I'm sorry, abandoned Nike. No, it wasn't abandoned. Site. It was active. We we, we got past the <laughs> uh, dogs and the guards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was cool. that was cool that, that was, was a cool, cool adventure though that was cool um for people that don't know they used to have um nike missile bases 
where we grew up above our hometown and these were anti-nuclear nu anti-nuclear nuclear missiles <laughs> and uh, the whole idea was that so where we grew up there was a, a battery of of armed nuclear missiles above our town <laughs> and uh in case of a russian a nuclear attack yeah, these missiles yeah. are supposed to sh go out and explode nukes take out the russian nukes before they could take out our, our little tiny town uh, we were very we well we were very well protected <laughs> we'd have been alive but nobody else would have been yeah so yeah they had the giant golf the golf ball radar the golf ball radar the targeting radar yeah that was there yeah. forever and they finally took it down yeah. they people tried to get them yeah that was a landmark yeah uh, people tried to get them to leave the um the dome the golf ball dome up for the radar yeah. uh, but the army wouldn't do it they took it down just says to leave it up as a landmark uh, but yeah yeah it's good times yeah you can walk i don't know if you've been down there uh you, you can, can walk, walk up, up to the yeah. site i yeah. mean it's dismantled but you, and they've got a little up where the base was they've got a um you can't go in it i mean they filled it in with i heard they filled it in with concrete yeah. or something yeah I, I remember hearing that it was nice to be able to go in there though. yeah i was yeah. kind of freaked out though because we went in through an unlocked hatch <laughs> they left the hatch kind of, unlocked yeah. and then we went into this hatch and it's i was so freaked out because i thought all anybody needs to do is put a stick to this fucking yeah. thing and we're yeah. gonna be stuck in there yeah. forever nobody die. will ever find us we'll we'll die of dehydration <laughs> we'd have to we'd have to drink hydraulic fluid which was all over the floor when we were in there so luckily we made it out alive yeah that was cool that was very cool Hey, um, one of the things coming back to the Skinwalker is, according to the Shermans, the Fort Duchenne's Utes were not happy to learn that Nids had purchased the ranch. So the Native American, the local tribe, was not happy to see that this this uh, ranch had changed hands again. I guess uh, I, I guess they were still upset. I don't know what their the the Utes' plan was, but I do know that the ranch was stolen from the Native Americans in the early 1930s. So I think they still they still might hold a grudge. They may. Yeah. They may have hold a grudge. Yeah. Well, and to and to uh, follow that up, um, Sherman actually said he discovered a carcass of a raccoon that had been mutilated in ritualistic fashion. It was left splayed on top of a tree stump in a manner so obvious that he believed it was a meant to, he was meant to find it. Someone had slipped onto the property to perform what Sherman suspected was some sort of black magic ceremony. Was it a warning of sorts? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So, Maybe the raccoon committed suicide. Yeah, ritualistic <laughs> suicide. That's... Yeah, um, no, I agree with you. I think it's the, the Native American. They should just give it back to them. Quit uh, drilling into the mesa and just give it back to it's, them. Uh, well, the problem is, is there's a lot of mineral rights. I don't know who owns the mineral rights for that land. There's there's a, it's, there's this... Uh, material that's extracted that's apparently is very valuable in the area it's extracted through the wells and that's probably why um the laws were changed allowing the seizing of the native american properties is because of course of course this this is america this is what we do um the laws were changed to seize the property because the native americans did not have the resources to develop the minerals on the land so they're like well you you can't you're not doing anything with this. And they're probably going, well, you know, lend us the money so we can hire people to do this. And I go, we're not going to lend you any money because you, you're poor. 
you're you're you're, yeah. you're poor Native Americans. You have no, uh, you know, we're never gonna, you're never gonna pay us back. So they changed the law to seize the property that's not being used, so they could seize the minerals and make a lot of money off of it. It's it's the usual story. But no one gives a shit, as we know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's we're. Go find it somewhere else. They yeah, can have their yeah, land. Yeah, go. Uh, you know this stuff somewhere else, but it's public property. Yeah. You don't have to take theirs. Yeah, they did because you know that's the way it goes. <laughs> that's what we do. That's, that's what, what we, we do. do. That's what we did anyway. Yeah. Also um, proud to be American. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, and it's just like, and especially like the Skinwalker Ranch. It's just, it's just uh, you know, you know, a, a genuinely uh, decent person would or he would figure out how to deed it back to the local tribe. Yeah. So, yeah. But, Take it back. You worry about whatever's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> if the, anything's the, going on. The only value in the land, cause it's just ranch land is in the, uh, sort of the, the mystique that's attached to it because of Bigelow and the stories that this Sherman family were telling. Not that I don't want to, uh, I don't want to slam this because it, like I said, and I want to come back to this book about the, the, Uintah Basin, which was a huge um, area for UFO sightings. I want to come back in that and explore that. Uh, I think that the, um, my opinion is that uh, it's, it, this is a bunch of hokum. And I don't know why, I don't know how, um, I don't know what the Shermans were doing. I think Bigelow is a very sincere individual when it comes to researching this stuff. But, and I've said this before, I think he was snookered and, um, yeah. um, and it may be, I mean, he, he's a very sincere individual. He's doing, I think he's doing very interesting stuff. And I think he was, he was taken advantage of for a while because of his interest. And he, he, they did some interesting things. I mean, I have, um, um, I think it's from his archives. I have like Quentin Nias, who was the project blue book guy from the thirties, um, Nids had acquired his biography that he wrote, and it's on the uh, it's on the uh, archive.org. Anyone can download it. So I think that's a great service. Um, Quentin Neo was an interesting guy in a very difficult position with Project Blue Book, and he's also something that was very rare at the time in the United States. He's a he's a he's a um, um, Mexican American. He was born in Mexico. He was in the Air Force. Yeah. And of course, at that time, a Mexican-American in the Air Force, even an officer, is going to be given the most shit job on the planet. And um, they gave him Project Blue Book. And apparently he was, he was a very, um, as there's like a website from former guys that were his uh, troopers when he was in, in Germany. His, the guys that worked for him loved him. They thought he was a great commander. Um, so I'm actually looking forward. So that's a, a resource that Nids and Bigelow has provided. I'm really looking forward to reading his biography. Um, and yeah, this poor guy, he's like given the most, the job nobody wants because Congress has some interest in UFOs and uh, isn't given any resources to do anything. And yep. uh, it's like, let's give it to the Mexican guy. So it's like <laughs> good old, yeah. Again, again, yeah, nice. Again, <laughs> um, no. It's just that people know what the right thing to do, and people know how to be decent. When they don't, they just you know they don't because it's whatever. Well, um, they talked about you know um, 
Nap talked with Bigelow about Element 115 and yep. um, something I haven't I had to look to see if I wrote it down. Aerogel. That's something I haven't uh, run a, well, I may have heard it before, but it didn't sound familiar. Did you have you I have and Lazar actually sells it on his um at his company. His um what, nuclear... what is it? It's um is it a packing material? Because they kind of indicated, uh, Bigelow indicated it was a packing yeah. material for Element 115, but he really wouldn't comment on Element well, 115. The, the impl implication, I'm going to look it up. The implication from the interview was that the aerogel, um, I can't spell. Um, Lazar was saying that the um, aerogel was... Um, sort of part of the space alien package with element 151. Uh, it's a class... 115. 115. 115, sir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, confused anybody. It's, uh, it's derived from a gel. <laughs> a gel. <laughs> well, uh, good. The fly, flying yeah, gel. Yeah, it's very Aero low density, uh, extremely low thermal conductivity. Uh, I want to look at what uh, properties... Um, well, they have. There's a picture at the Wikipedia thing of aerogel s suspended over a Bunsen burner with a flower on top of it, and the flower is not um, being burned. Uh, I think I've, I've I've actually handled aerogel at one point. Somebody had some somewhere. Aerogels are good thermal insulators. It was manufactured, right? It's not some weird. Yeah. Uh, thermal conductivity smaller than the gas they contain. That's interesting. Solid gel pulvers, waterproofing, um, porosity material, silico aerogel. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know what. It's, I'm just looking for what it is used for. Carbon. Can you get it online? Can you order some? You can order it. Through, it on you Amazon. Can, you can order it. Yeah, you can get it online. You can you can get. Um, Lazar's company used to sell pieces of aerogel um applications here we go oh so they used it as a stardust collector in a satellite and to cosmic dust tracks from comet stardust oil absorption aerogel use variety uh thermal insulation chemical absorber for cleaning up spills does it say when it was developed? What year? Um, Wikipedia. 1948. Oh, that's no, kind of no, interesting. No, I'm not. I, <laughs> I'm making that up. I'm making that up. Um, That'd be a... uh, the first aerogels were produced from silica gels uh, based on blah, blah, blah. Carbon aerogels developed in the 80s. Oh, wait. It's 19, uh, first documented example was created by Samuel Stefan Kistler in 1931. That's interesting. Uh, as a result of a bet with Charles learned over who could replace the liquid in jellies with gas without causing shrinkage. Shrinkage is, I worry about shrinkage. shrinkage. Um, <laughs> it's a concern for a lot of people. It is, it's a big deal. Just don't go um, swimming in cold water, it'll be that's fine. Right, that's right. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been around for a while. So it's it was it's pre 1930s. So it's pre, you know, Roswell crash. 
So there could have been there's other crashes. I mean, you know, we that was just yeah. you know highly publicized. I mean, this we could have been working on things, but with reverse engineering, another thing that Bigelow uh, had mentioned, I don't know if you caught it, that they the only way to do proper reverse back engineering, he called it reverse engineering, whatever, is to do it in zero gravity. And you know, way to uh, properly do it. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure why why they why he thought that. Um, there's, I mean, George Knapp is a great interviewer. It's great, yeah, great reporter, great reporter, and um, did a that was two hours, and I mean, I mean, you could sit down with you could sit down with Bigelow and you could talk to him for another ten hours. Yeah, he's fascinating, uh, and. Um, yeah. Um, so the problem is, is that, that he 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 throws these little things out, and uh, they're intriguing, and yeah, the follow up is is we're all. I mean, I'd love to see more follow up on this. I'd love to interview the yeah. guy. So he um, he's done some real interesting thing. He's I mean he's he's made a lot of money, and he's done some real interesting stuff. So. Um, well, uh, let me look at the Skinwalker book a little more. The uh, Gorman, this this kills me. The Gormans would always have to check, or the Shermans would always have at Skinwalker Ranch would always have to check their salt and pepper shakers because the salt and the pepper would be switched. So these trickster space aliens would be messing with their salt and pepper shakers. So this is just like oh, and then the previous people that owned the ranch had double locks on all the doors of their cabin so or their house so they had a lock so you could lock yourself in a room or once you left a room you could lock the the door so and i think that was to prevent people from sneaking in and messing with their shit because everything is is double locked so it just kept it kept the weird stuff coming down and i think it's just, just a lot of the stuff that the shermans were seeing was native americans uh, probably probably teenage boys is my speculation would come in and that would be part of the game would be to come in and um, do this stuff and not get caught so especially well, I was thinking when I was reading this book I was thinking about that they have that mesa which goes up about a hundred feet above the the homesteads you could lie at the top of that mesa and watch the homestead and see exactly where when people leave like the the wife would go to work or the sons would go to school and the dad would you know you could lie up there and just watch them and you know i mean you got a, a sweeping view of the entire ranch you can see exactly where everybody's going and what they're doing it, it's perfect for messing with somebody so it's like set up it's like anyway my hypothesis and theory of what's going on we'll talk about the uh thing so this book it's pretty good. It's uh, th broken down into three different sections. It's broken up into the story of the Gormans, uh, the story of Nins, which doesn't provide good solid information or structured information about what they did. And then the last third of, third of the book is uh, just speculation about, um, you know, what could be going on if you consider the Skinwalker Ranch as being a, um, infected with interdimensional space aliens. So, and they mentioned uh, Michio Kaku, who's is mentioned here a couple times. I should add, you asked about string theory. Uh, I don't know a lot about string theory. The thing I do know about string theory is there is no evidence for it. 
It's all yeah. it's all speculation. It's speculation. all speculation. Yeah, and yeah. I t I mentioned this before. I was at a seminar. In, I can't remember what the seminar was, and it might have had something to do with string theory. And this one guy who was a um, a professor at Stanford just got up and started slamming string theory. And uh, oh wow. Uh, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And I just like, I, the person I was with, I go, who is that? And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so. And he's got a reputation for this and blah, 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 blah. And I wish I'd talked to the guy. I w at least wish I'd remembered his name. But it was just like, ah, oh, it was just because most lectures are just boring as hell. And people ask like lame questions. And then you, you get like your two, your little bit of information. And this guy just got up and just like laid into the guy about string theory and how it had no basis in reality and there's no experimental evidence. And it's just like, it was awesome. So way it Michio is all about string theory. And there's another one, punk theory, punk, punk. Uh, he's, I mean, theory. there's people take it seriously. People have done a lot of work on it. Um, what is string? Do you, did you oh, look, yeah, what does it actually refer to? Oh, it's like know. inter weird interdimensional type stuff. Uh, yeah. The problem is um, there is no way to, currently to specifically test the theories of string theory. So traditionally with physics, it's like you could test, you, you do experimental tests, you ask questions. Uh, the experiments do weird things like the double slit experiment. It allows you to discover quantum, you know, quantum effects. Uh, the experiments allow you to move forward with the science, but if you don't have any experiments, all you can do is play games with the mathematics. Yeah. So, yeah, it may it may lead to. I mean, the whole thing is as they go. Well, it may lead to something. Well, yeah, yeah, it may lead to something. It, it may be productive. It may happen. It hasn't happened yet. And the big weakness of it is uh, reproduce, reproduce experiment one able to do an experiment. So coming back to Skinwalker Ranch. Um, NINs had lots of observations. They didn't have reproducible observations. And Bigelow actually talked about that. And if you don't have re reproducible observations, you don't have anything. And um, the thing that irritates me is Gorman or Sherman that owned the ranch, he, when NINs bought the ranch, he was telling them that he had reproducible observations on his ranch he saw this the blue balls blue balls several times he saw red balls several times he saw the flat you know yellow disc several times they saw the the weird dogs several times um they had you know, other things that were happening i guess the uh, the details in this this the specifics in this book are light especially on the inside so, but once Nins got in there, no reproducibility, no uh, balls, no floating balls of fire, no space alien Winnebago, which which Sherman said he saw twice. Uh, no more. Although that one guard did say he he did see a dog, a giant dog, and he had footprints, big yeah, gigantic yeah, yeah. donkey sized dog. Yeah, footprint. And, he, and he had had pictures. So that's that's the only thing that I've seen so far that was reproducible from what Sherman had said. Um, anyway, well, the ca the cave on the mesa, the oh, opening could have sure. been something from that they hid in while they were waiting to go down, and you know, because it's easily walked to the bottom, you know, where the road is. Yeah, and they that could be a place that back in the day was open enough where they could climb in there and observe. Yeah, 
it's even the better, ranch even better than the top laying on the top of the ridge because you could be silhouetted yeah. and someone might spot it's easy to spot yeah. a silhouette um yeah yeah so should we uh should we talk about uh well, the we show the show the show yeah now so which brings us we've kind of done the history and oh, um i should say the book is worth reading if people are interested in okay. skinwalker um it's 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 worth uh if you're interested in skinwalker read the book by uh colm keller and george knapp it's a good introduction read it with um you know um it's very well written. George Knapp is a great writer, but read it with um, questions. Ask questions as you read it, you know, which we yeah, do. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it just changes hands and these things just keep going. And then now we've got today's Skinwalker yeah. Ranch where, yeah. <laughs> you know, now we're, we've drilled in there. It's It's intriguing that they drilled in and they can't drill through this one point, and then it's the the slag from the drill from the drilling. It has this material that's, you know, um, somewhat. I don't know what you would call it. It's its origin is. I mean, I, they can't I, really tell. It's a it's a tin can, from what I probably they did, they did an analysis. Yeah. They did analysis, and that's so they um, <laughs> they're going. It's a dome. It's a dome. They have a spaceship buried in the mesa. If they really had a spaceship buried in the mesa, they would be out there with excavation equipment digging yeah. the spaceship out. It's only, yeah. you know, there's probably 50 feet to the road and then the mesa. Just get some heavy equipment out there and start moving rocks. Yeah. Um, Let's dig it out. Yeah. So the, And they're not going to follow up on this. And then they put the crawly robot in the hole. Let's put the crawl. You know, I was a little disappointed because I I had told Deb, I go, you know, the power is going to go out. <laughs> well, the, the, but I was wrong. <laughs> the crawly robot had, um, it's like the quality robot looking at the treads that you could see from the video. It looked like it's designed to crawl in a pipe. Yeah. Not in a muddy hole. And it went like two feet and they're going, it won't crawl anymore. And, you know, <laughs> well, you know, they got, they could get a bunch of PVC pipe and start putting it in the hole. Yeah. And then you could clear it yeah. or, you know, or, or, you or could let either, it, you could put a, you could put a fiber optic camera at the end of a PVC pipe. You cap it, you drill a hole, you glue in the camera, and then you start feeding in. You could even put like, you, it's an easy thing to make. And then you could just start feeding the PVC pipe in, get a small one. So it's not going to, you know do that you could you could probably get that in oh, i know 300 feet would be tough but i mean that's an approach but the crawly robot it was like designed for to crawl in pipes in in ceramic metal concrete pipes and look at crap it's not designed they said it only went in three feet they yeah. could easily get a shovel one of those skinny shovels and just shove it in there and clear. well hang on you know we're just gonna it's get not, it it's clear. just it, they didn't even it was a joke it was like this, the, and the guy, I'm sure the guy that brought the thing, he probably looked in the hole and says, you know, this isn't designed to crawl in a mud hole. It's designed <laughs> to crawl in pipes. Oh, and then they go up to the other thing and they drop a fiber optic down because this guy had a good fiber optic with pan and tilt. And lo and behold, there's a, the hole is now blocked. So we can't go look at the candy wrapper at the bottom of the <laughs> hole now. The, the Mars bar wrapper yeah. that's down there. 
God. And then yeah, they, and it, how big's this rock? It's a big old rock. I mean, what do they mean by that? It look they're trying to make it seem like the boulder, and it's probably just like a, you know, just a you know one of those slag rocks from you know the gold mining days where they have those cobbles. A cobble kind of fell in there. You know, just oh, yeah. clear it. It's twenty feet. Get a twenty foot stick of P- like you said, twenty foot stick a pvc pipe and ram it down there and clear the hole yeah 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 it's just they have it's like they're not it's, they're not even trying it's like they're not very creative and they're not i mean it's yeah. the whole idea is is that i mean i think yeah now not even trying do? oh now what they, do we do i guess we stuck. can't do anything we gotta stop we gotta <laughs> give up and then the other hole that they drilled <laughs> last season um it collapsed around the drill hole and they're all like oh this is a weird coincidence that this has happened but then you also notice that if once they did a they pulled back from the the hole, it's like oh, the road was all wet, so they've had like a bunch of rain, and then they have a hole that they drilled and it collapsed around the hole. It's like you know, I mean, the hole collapsed because of the rain. It's like oh, it's because yeah. of it's because of the drilling and all the other stuff we're doing. Come on, and then they do the analysis where they sit down and said, yeah, I, we had a metallur- metallurgic analysis of uh, this metal on the. Um, from, that we pulled out of the drill hole and it has tellurium and europium which are very rare elements i was like oh that's interesting that was really interesting unfortunately when they went and talked to the uh the professor at the local university or wherever they went to analyze it he goes he goes uh the metallurgist he goes well it's iron calcium magnesium and manganese and some aluminum and there's the and the other elements were trace elements, which, given the the how rare these elements are, I would say it's probably laboratory contamination. So if he's doing, yeah. if he does any sort of semiconductor analysis in that laboratory, um, it would be very easy for very small amounts of this material to come up in other analysis unless you're very clean. Yeah, residuals. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I think that was they they really milked that to make that look very exciting. <laughs> but it's basically what they pulled out of that hole was a tin can, as far as I can tell. It's just iron, iron, calcium, magnesium. Um, well, then they spent ten minutes in the beginning of the thing talking about the guy that got sick that could never that a doctor never once came in and corroborated his you know what the illness was or anything oh his heart's messed up you know all of a sudden well, and he seems to be he seems to be fine now they had a he says he's wearing a heart monitor yeah um and i you know and he's he's well it was interesting too because he said his left arm went numb but when they showed the video of, of him collapsing he was supporting himself with his left arm so, but he couldn't feel anything yeah so i'm like come on <laughs> So yeah, I, it's uh, yeah, yeah, good old skinwalker. Yeah, it's too bad. I feel sorry for um, Travis Taylor. Um, I think he's well, at, he, I mean, he's doing what he's doing, he's getting everyone's getting paid. It's like all the people with Bigelow when they were coming in there, everybody's getting a paycheck. And you know, if your your paycheck depends on, on finding stuff, uh, you're gonna find stuff a lot of times for a lot of people. So it's um, funny. Well, it's just like Oak Island. How long, you know, they've been drilling in there for years and nothing significant has really been found. Yeah. That's just that, what you would think. Like Captain Cook, Captain Kid, Captain Cook, Captain who was Kidd. there? Captain Kidd. So Captain yeah, Kidd. we know Captain Kidd right we, here. 
So this is the new Skinwalker is the new Oak Island. So they've you're not you're watching it every week and they're not really finding anything. <laughs> yeah, they're just doing stuff. It's like a bunch of twelve year olds. Yeah, we should we could have been there when we were teenagers. We could probably could have done with money. Oh, we would have. We would with we, money. We could probably have a better time than these guys. I mean this this group seems really uptight. Um, yeah. So the yeah. cast is I don't know they're just really it's an odd cast too. Yeah. I mean it's and it's the it's bad acting almost. You see that the, yeah. the I felt sorry for the security guy the head security guy so he was helping the other guy um sort of they were shoveling the pit the drill pit and um the guy was just covered with 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 us uh, yeah with mud um which yeah was... there's some security guy what's yeah. his name uh, what's i don't remember weird... i got that's a... a weird name hang on i got a cough <laughs> Yeah, but it's like he wears black, so it's like, and that that um, clay was just all over him. He was like splattered all over. So it was sort of, you know, this is what I got to do. I'm the security guy, and I'm digging this hole. He was helping. <laughs> I mean, he's doing. I mean, that's yeah. part of the job. So I, I you got to appreciate the guy for jumping in like that. But he really wasn't yeah. dressed for it. Um, yeah. And then they had an an earthquake or something fall. Yeah, um, they had the tr trimmer. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Travis Taylor is running around with a spectrum analyzer and dropping it in holes in the um, the mesa, looking for emissions from the space buried spaceship. And then they talked about a lot of the stuff where they're saying, you know, hidden base and you know this other thing. And that's a lot of speculation in the book. They talk about that that type of speculation. But uh, other than that, I have watched all two seasons of Blind Frog Ranch. Um, and um yeah i don't want to talk about it <laughs> uh it it's it's also like skinwalker but they're really trying to sort of milk the mystery and um they're not doing a great job the um the guy i sent you you i know you didn't watch it but the guy gave a talk at that ufo conference that was just recently and um the guy that owns skinwalker or blind frog ranch he's saying that his daughter was in the hospital and a spaceship was above the hospital and space aliens came in and um, healed his daughter. And they drilled at the ranch and drilled through a uh, layer of, a blue layer of soil and it like opened up an insulator and there was like purple lightning and, and flying saucers appearing over the ranch after that happened. And he said that... Um, a flying saucer appeared over his house because he worked with some retired CIA colonel who's now dead, who um, was co in communication with the space aliens, and he was saying communicating with the Galactic Federation. So he's he's full space alien contact guy. Wow. Not him, wow. but this dead retired CIA guy was in Contact. So he's saying that the um, governments are in contact with the Galactic Federation. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And they are, um, they, you know, like, like he says, and he says he's seen these, these spaceships and the space aliens healed his daughter when she got sick. Although he only had a little bit of the blue dirt from the dig at uh, Blind Frog Ranch, 
for analysis because of his divorce. He lost he lost his bucket of dirt, which happens when you get divorced. Yeah, so, he lost custody. Yeah, lost custody of the bucket of dirt. That was, that was <laughs> they fought over that. Their lawyers had to negotiate for two weeks, but were that bucket of dirt. So, but yeah, it's an interesting. Um, he's definitely um, in the woo. So for, yeah. for Blind Frog Ranch, but the show, um, like I've said before, the show has some real fascinating possibilities. You, check it out. I mean, watch it. We can talk about it. Yeah, one of the guys at work is really into it. He said the same thing. He goes, it's worth watching. Yeah, I'd say it's worth checking out. They do some good stuff. I really want to see the, the third season because they, the last show of the second season, they went into an abandoned mine. They drilled into what obviously is an abandoned mine. And there are supposed to be some sort of cavern system. And there's a you know this wooden structure that um, is hundreds of years old. So they have some genuinely interesting mysteries, but they also seem to be sort of milking the um, fictional aspect to it, too. They had some yeah. guy, some guy was on their one of their game cameras, you know, acting weird, and they go, it's a skinwalker, and then they found a bunch of coins that were, you know, if they were genuine, original Mormon coins, they would have been worth like a million dollars, but they were artifacts, and it's like, look what we just happened to find. So they are, um, they're, they're milking the, um, entertainment side of it a little too much. And I, I've said yeah. it before, they do have interesting things on the property and if they, they should just approach it genuinely, it would be a lot better. But now I just saw the talk with the guy talking about, you know, space aliens healing his daughter. So I don't know, <laughs> take a picture of the. He's had ample opportunity to take pictures of space aliens and their spaceships. He needs to do it. Um, maybe he can't anymore. The Galactic, his contact with the Galactic Federation has died, and uh, he may not be able to reestablish that link. So nice. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll come back to that. And that's it. So we've done. All right, we've done for today. I think. Let's, awesome. Yeah. Well, ready. I am ready. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome questions, comments to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at Alien Probe Podcast. Check our website, alienprobe.net, for all our episodes. We're on all podcast platforms. See us on Twitter and Instagram at Alien Probe Pod. YouTube at Alien Probe Podcast. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. And thanks, Dr. Bill. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Watch the skies. All right. Watch the skies. Watch the skies. Bye-bye.